Bismillah, alhamdulillah, you're listening to Islam Tomorrow, broadcasting almost live all the way from the desert of Las Cruces, New Mexico. <laughs> we're sitting, or not in the desert, we're actually we're sitting here in the masjid in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And uh, this is the hometown of uh, who? Who was born here? Somebody, you know anybody born here? Your brother. His brother was born here. Okay. That's nice. So that's good news. Anyhow, and not only that, but uh, we have some Muslims with us tonight, for sure. Because sometimes, you know, we wonder, am I really a Muslim? Is really Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to accept from me? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But I found tonight some genuine Muslims here in this building. Without doubt, if they died right now, they're going straight to Jannah. I found them. Alhamdulillah. And I have a proof. There's one right there. One over here. One over here. One over here. Maybe. Maybe. This is the children. All the children, they, when they die... They automatically are dying on the fitra of Al-Islam. So up to Allah, but inshallah they're in good shape. And uh, Ibrahim, the prophet Abraham, is the responsible one for them in the paradise in Jannah. This is very good news. Alhamdulillah. So I think we'll use that as a topic. You know, we're going to talk about that. Who's a Muslim and who's not? Who's a Muslim and who's not? It's a, good, it's a good chance for us to also get to know each other and to think about what I'm going to say. First of all, let's decide what is a Muslim. Because if we don't know what a Muslim is, then how will we know? Because many times I meet brothers from other countries and they tell me that some Muslims were sitting together and an American came and sat with them, which means what? If you're from America, obviously you can't be a Muslim. Is that right? Well, it's what it sounds like. Yeah. Some Muslims and an American. Wait a minute. So, I'm just thinking, you know. What is Muslim? What does that mean? Well, first of all, Muslim comes from the word Islam itself. Islam means to surrender, submit, obey Allah in sincerity and peace. When anybody does it, he's a person who does Islam, and in Arabic you say Muslim, because you don't use the suffix er like we do for verbs, like talk, talker, walk, walker, think, thinker, stink, stinker, like this. Oh, sorry. Uh, but anyway, you use a prefix, name, or the pronunciation mu in front of a verb, suffer, musafir, adhan, mu'adhan, salli, musalli. So you put mu in front of it, and someone performed the verb. Got it? Okay, so the one who submits to Allah, obeys Allah, in peace, he's an Islamer or Muslim, right? Okay, now we got that out of the way. Anybody who believes la ilaha illallah, and they're trying to act on it, is a Muslim. Now there's a difference here. Let's, let's look at this. Because if a person could say, well, I believe in God... Is that enough? Is that enough to say, I believe in God? Some people argue with me. They said, no, that's enough. If he said, la ilaha illallah, that's, that's enough. That's enough. No God except God. If you say it in English, like, no God except God, I'm going to have to say that that's not enough. Because there's a clear proof in the Quran that that's not true a clear proof and probably you looked at this so many times you didn't even think about it it's like a person who lives amongst the trees so long that he can't see the forest anymore because he lives there but in the Quran Allah clearly states very clear about one who believes in him and yet at the same time he's a kafir Big time. Who is it? He believes in Allah, but he's still a kafir. How? How? 
some some brothers they told me they said is it Pharaoh? Pharaoh never did believe in Allah except when he was dying and it was too late he saw Malcolm Moat coming and even then he said I believe in the Lord of Moses and the angel tried to put his hand over the mouth of Pharaoh so he couldn't say it because he said this man lived a whole evil life and then at the last second he said a couple of words is going to save him the Pepsi said that no they ain't going to help him. Don't worry about it. Because when you see the angel of death, it's too late. Who is the one mentioned in Quran? He knows Allah. But he's going to hell anyway. Who? Iblis. Iblis. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to translate it. Lucifer, the devil. Shaitan, Satan. The bad guy. He believes there's Allah. He knows that. He used to worship Allah. When the sun first comes up at dawn, when the sun is straight over the head, and when the sun is sinking right at Maghrib time, that's when he used to pray three times a day. And those are the three times we don't pray. You can pray any other time, but not those three times. As much as you like, but not those three times. Could be some connection, huh? So, who's a Muslim and who's not? Let's see. Well, we already said children are Muslim because they're on the fitra, the natural inclination that they're already doing what Allah wants them to do, right? So, there's more to it than just belief in there. To believe is not enough. And stop and think about it. This is common sense. This is common sense. If I tell you, in order for you to go someplace, like you'd like to go to New York. And I'm trying to tell you, to go to New York, you can't walk. It's too hard. You have to get in an airplane. But you don't believe me. Finally, I convince you. You've seen enough airplanes take off and come back, and people have told you they went to New York. They brought back videotape. You became convinced. That is the idea. Now he's convinced. Yes, that's the only way I'm ever going to get to New York. I have to go in an airplane. But if he never gets in the airplane, will he go? He's a believer. He believes it. He knows it. But if he doesn't go in the airplane and go, he's not going to get there. It means what? Because there's more to Islam than just belief. There's more to Islam than belief. To say, Ashadu la ilaha illallah means to say something bigger than no God except God. Let's break it down and take a look at it. It starts out negating la. It says no. So it tells you what, what, what doesn't exist and it tells you what is real. It's la, ilaha. What is ilaha? Ilaha is the word ilah from this ilah which means anything which can be worshipped. A rock, a stick, a stone, a tree, a human, a bone, anything that can be worshipped is an ilah or ilaha. But when you say Allah, this is not the same word. It was made from this word, ilah, but it is the it's a compound word. I mean, it's together. It's not, uh, you can't make it something else. It's like the name of Allah, number one, and then on the other side, look at this. Al, the article, the ilah, like as in the only one that can be worshipped. It's the name of Allah, Allah. But at the same time, it cannot have a different meaning. You can't make it a woman or a man or like male, female, gender. Also, you can't make it plural. You can't make more than one from this word. It's a unique word in Arabic. Very unique. Allah. It's the word that was used by the Arabs long before Jesus ever came. It's the word used by Christian Arabs since Jesus until today. Now I have in my home two Bibles which are, I have many Bibles, by the way, hundreds, well, a lot, tens. But I have two of them that are Arabic, Arabic Bibles, 
and in the Torah, the Old Testament, on page 1, 17 times, 17 times it says Allah. Page 1. Now, I'm saying that if that's the case, to believe that La ilaha illallah is enough, then it looks like every Arab Jew and every Arab Christian, because they both use the same Bible, at least in the beginning, the Jews do not accept the second part they call the New Testament. But both Jews and Christians are using the Old the Testament of the Bible, the Torah. And on page 117, time it said Allah. Does that make them a believer? Does that make them a Muslim? Does it? I don't think so. Go ask them and you'll find out real quick. Ask them, are you a Muslim? And I don't think they're going to say yes. So who's a Muslim? Let's break it down some more. La ilaha. No object of worship. Nothing to worship. Allah except Allah. There is nothing worthy of your worship, of your devotion, of your love. There is nothing worthy of your dedication except the one who is not in his creation, but rather he's the one who creates. He is the one who is always Allah. He never stops being Allah. And he never becomes like his creation. Therefore, the sentence now makes big sense. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha. There is no deity to worship illallah, except Allah. The one and only deity. Now, if a person believes this, is that enough? And the answer is still the same. Well, you're at the airplane. You've got the right flight. You've got your boarding pass. You've already cleared security. They've already looked in your shoes. You're ready to go. <laughs> if you fly as much as I do, <laughs> you wear shoes that come off real easy. <laughs> But I'm saying that you're not going anywhere because you've got to get in the airplane. You have to make some kind of effort. You have to do something. You say, yeah, but I believe la, 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 la. I believe there's no God except Allah. Not enough. Because that's the belief, but that's not the action. The action says Islam. What is Islam? Islam, I told you. Coming from the root word, Salama, Slim, Islam. And it means surrender, submission, obedience, purity, and salam, peace. But it means that a person, first of all, he has to believe in Allah or else he can't do this. Because it means that he totally surrenders to Allah, submits to Allah, obeys only Allah. He does it with full sincerity in his heart. And he does it in peace. With Allah. It's not about peace in the Middle East. Although we'd like to see that. But this salam that's in here is the peace between you and Allah. And trust me, if you don't have peace between you and Allah, you're not going to have peace in the Middle East or anywhere else. When we think about it, we begin to understand if that's true, then there are a lot of Muslims who don't follow Islam. They don't pray. They don't fast Ramadan. They don't pay zakat, the poor, poor do, the charity. They don't pay it. They don't go make hajj. So, this becomes strange, doesn't it? A man who doesn't walk, but he calls himself a walker. A person who can't speak, he calls himself a talker. And a person who will not submit to Allah, but he calls himself a submitter. Amazing. Because if he said, I'm Muslim, he's saying that he does what Allah wants him to do. This is something mentioned in the Torah. This is something mentioned in the Injil, in the Old and the New Testament of the Bible. It's clear what Allah wants. He tells them twice in the Old Testament, a list of commandments, which they call the Ten Commandments. And the first one says that you can't worship anybody but God himself. 
you shall have no other ilaha beside me. We believe that. And then he goes on and tells them, no icons, no idols, no statues. Don't make any images of anything. And it uses the term in English, graven image. And a graven image means something that you engrave or paint or carve or make. Something that looks like something. It's forbidden to them. We have also in the New Testament of the Bible, it tells them that in two places that Jesus told them to make dua, supplication, a prayer to God to say, Oh God, your will be done on earth, not mine. I want what you want. That's what? That's Islam. So who are the Muslims? Okay. Let's break this down into two things so we won't be confused. Linguistically, it is a verb, an action. Islam. But from the point of view of history, history, we have Islam, which is a noun. And that's coming with Muhammad When he came, the religion that he followed, they called it Islam. And we still call it Islam today. The reference for it is in the Quran because Allah says in Surah Al Imran, Inna Dina Indallahi Islam. For sure, he's only accepting this one thing, which is submission to him. Anybody wants to have a religion, they have to have his religion because he said so. He also says in the same surah, if anybody wants a religion other than Islam, he will not accept it from them. And in the Akhir, in the next life, afterlife, they will be from the Khasarin, losers. This is in Surah Al-Iman, chapter 3, verse 85 in the Quran. So now we're clear on the subject that the word is Islam. But it might make some people begin to think, well, I'm a Muslim, so I'm going to paradise, and you're not. Could think that. But yet we find verses in the Quran where Allah talks about Christians and Jews that can also go to paradise. How can this be? Immediately, immediately, some people might say, well, it means that all three of the monotheistic religions can go to the paradise. And I will tell you that's true. To an extent. To an extent. When a prophet comes to a people and delivers a message, if they follow it to the best of their ability, they have done Islam. It means even before Muhammad, peace be upon him, when people came with this message, and he told us that like more than 124,000 prophets came. We only know the names of about 28 or something like this. So there were thousands more. We don't know who they were. But they all brought the same message. And when they brought the message, if the person had heard the message, followed the message, as best he could, then he would be considered what? A Muslim. He doesn't have to have it on his passport. He doesn't have to have it on a birth certificate or on the visa to go to Hajj. All he needs is Allah knows his heart. Is it right? Okay. So it means even from the time of Adam, he could have been a Muslim. Yes, of course. And Hawa, Eve, could also be a Muslim. Because they could always submit. And in fact, they were, because they did that. They submitted to Allah. Those who submit their free will to Allah are Muslims. But be careful. Don't just say that everybody that's praying and fasting is going to Jannah. That's wrong too. Because you have to have the correct belief and then do the correct deeds. And let's look what Allah said about it in the Quran. A'udhu billahi minash-shaytani rajeem bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal-asr innal insan Allah fi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salahati wa tawasaw bilhaq wa tawasaw bilsabr In the translation it says that 
Allah swears by the passing of time that all of the human beings are in a great state of loss because they're bankrupt. Khusr. Going to hell. Except for the people who have the right belief in a man, which is meaning their correct belief, faith, iman, and the correct amal. Amal is action or deeds that they do. What is the correct belief in Islam? Now, we have to know the six things that we believe. What do we believe? We believe in La ilaha illallah, which I already mentioned that. We believe Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the messenger of Allah who brought that message. After that, we believe in, after we believe in Allah, we believe in his angels, that they do what he commands them to do and they never, ever disobey. Which means that Iblis, the devil, was never an angel. It was from the jinn or the spirits. He had free will. That's how he did what he did. Although he was hanging out with angels, he wasn't one. Still not either, by the way. So, next after the angels, we believe in his books. All of the books that came with all the prophets, we believe in. We, why would we want to debate with anybody about the Bible being from Allah when our own book tells us that the original Bible came from Allah? This is not an argument for us. We are the ones who can prove they're right. We can also prove by the same way that the one they got now is not the original. But that's not a big deal. The big deal is we believe in the books as they were original. And it means if you realize that we have the last one, why don't you read it? Look at it. There it is. Read it. Then we believe in all the prophets. But what do we believe about them? Hmm, this is important. As a Muslim, we don't say bad things on any of the prophets. We don't even consider them to make big mistakes, like sins and things like this. The mistakes they make are in small areas. But not like maybe some people do. This is why we're not going to accept some of the things that are being mentioned about the prophets like Lot or Lut. They're going to say something about him very horrible. I don't want to even tell you. Things they said about the prophet Dawood, David, and Suleiman, Solomon. Even they said something about Moses and Aaron, Harun. And we will never say that Harun did some things like they said. We're not going to say that. Because we take all the prophets in Islam, we put them up, 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 higher than the average person. And we put Jesus up, peace be upon him, up very, very high. Only we just don't make him God, that's all. We don't make Jesus God or the Son of God. We make him very, very high, the highest of the high, with the mighty prophets. But we make no distinction between the prophets. Then we believe in the last day, resurrection. We believe full that every single soul will die. Allah said, Kulu nafsan Everybody's going to die. But they also are going to be resurrected on the Yom Qiyamah. They'll be brought back. And we believe that Allah's Qadr, the destiny, is in His hand. The destiny is already written. Allah knows what's going to happen. We don't, so we're being judged on our attitude. Simple as that. So those are the beliefs. There are six. What are the five actions we need to be a Muslim? You have to say the shahada out loud. Shahada wa la ilaha illallah. Shahada wa Muhammad Rasulullah. You have to. Now at the time of Jesus, peace be upon him, of course they would say, Shahada wa la ilaha illallah wa shahada wa Isa Rasulullah. Because Jesus was the prophet. Isa is Arabic for Jesus. Okay? So, Musa, at his time, they would say, As long as that prophet is in authority or his book is there and you're following that and you don't have the latest edition, well, you did your best. But once Jesus, peace be upon him, came with the gospel, and the word for gospel in Arabic is Injil. When he came with the gospel or the good news, 
then whatever was before that it doesn't matter anymore it only matters now what he says and then when Isa is not here and Muhammad comes he's the last the final messenger mentioned by Isa he said the one who comes after me will be named Ahmed he mentioned this in Quran I'm using Quran I'm not telling you about the Bible never mind although we can go to the Bible quickly and show you places where many things are pointing at Ahmed Muhammad still at the same time the point here is we're saying that we know that Jesus when he came he brought the same message as did Muhammad got it so whoever has that he's got the first step what's the second step Salat you've got to pray five times a day the one who leaves the Salat the Prophet said listen him he's not from us he's not from us Whoever leaves the Salat, he's not from us. And the, and the Prophet ﷺ told us that the first matter to be taken into account on the Day of Judgment will be the Salah. And if it's in order, then the person will not have to go through the Hisab, the Day of Reckoning. He will be allowed to pass by and go straight to the Paradise. But as for the one whose Salat is not in order, then the Fard Salat is not there, the mandatory Salat is not there, then the angels will look to his Nafla which is the extra salat or supergoratory salat. If there's enough, it will be used to fill and he can go in. If not, then he will have to go through the Yom Hisab. He will have to account for each dinar or each dollar. Where did you get it? And where did you spend it? And where did you get this one? And where did you spend it? So the salat is very important to us. It's a part of our uh, Islam. It's a part of our Islam. Next is fasting the month of Ramadan. We have to fast the month of Ramadan. And Allah tells us that this is not something new. This did not come with Muhammad wasalam, exclusive only for the people after him. Allah told us in the Quran in Surah Baqarah very clearly, O you who believe. Who is it? The believers. That's what we're talking about. Who are the Muslims? He said, O you who believe. It's ordered on you as it was ordered on the people before you to fast the month of Ramadan. That's an order that you may attain piety, a taqwa. Become mutakum. Become those who have taqwa. Now this is an important issue, by the way, because if a person doesn't have taqwa, then the Quran doesn't work for him. Listen to this. If a person does not have this quality, the Quran will not help him. In fact, he will wind up being misguided by the Quran. Proof? The very first words. After you read Surah Fatiha, the very first words in the Quran, Rahim, it says, Alif Lamim. This is the book wherein there is no doubt and a source of guidance for those who have taqwa. God-fearing piety. Meaning they put a petition or a hijab or a curtain or something between them and Allah's anger. And what is that? And we just discovered it. Because Allah said, Oh, you who believe. And He's telling you one of the ways. He's telling you, establish the salah and pay the zakah. Because this is in the Quran. This is the way most straight, the correct way. Then, he tells us also in the Quran about fasting. Then he also tells us in the Quran about hajj. To make hajj. So all of these things are mentioned in the Quran. And these are the things for the believers. So these are the five. Again, say the Shahada. Pray the prayers, the Salat. I don't like to say prayer, by the way. I like to say Salat. Because there's no word in English for Salat. The word in English, prayer, means dua or supplication. And we don't want to confuse the two. Okay? After the prayer is the fasting Ramadan. Then the Zakah, the charity. You have to pay charity. Every year, 
2.5% of your holdings, no income tax in Islam. That ought to be enough right there to get everybody in America to just jump right in, huh? If we had the Islamic State, they would, too. Why do you think nobody wants us to establish it? Because they're losing money. The next thing is the Hajj. The pilgrimage to Mecca once in the life, when they're able to afford it, and Allah makes a way, and they go for Hajj. And that's it. Six things you believe, five things you do, that's a Muslim, regardless of what he calls himself. If he can't say the word Muslim, he's still a Muslim. If he never heard about Islam, but he's still doing Islam, he's still a Muslim. How? People like to ask stupid questions. Somebody asked me a question, what if somebody's born on an island and there's nobody there? And he grows up and there's nobody to teach him anything. And right away you're going, yeah, right. How did he get born and his mother's not there? She dropped an egg and then it hatched. That's okay. We'll leave. We'll, whatever. He's going to play a game. So here's this guy he hatched from some egg or something. He's on a desert island. There's nobody there. And somehow, if he figures out there's a God, and he can, if Allah guides him, he'll figure it out. And then he wants to do what Allah wants him to do, even if he doesn't figure out what Allah wants from him, but he's trying, and he dies in this condition. He's a what? He's a Muslim. So it means what? Anybody can be a Muslim anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Anywhere in the universe and any time period in the past or in the future. That's a fact. So now the only thing you need to do is consider what do people believe. The problem is you can't look inside somebody and see what he believes. And what does he do? Well, of the five things I mentioned, the only one you can really see, actually see them do, is the, well, you can see the Shahada, if you were there, but you don't know if he did it or not. But you can see the Salat, and you can see the pilgrimage, the Hajj. But you can't see if he's fasting. You don't know. Maybe he's sneaking food on the side, you can't see it. Maybe some of you guys did that when you were kids, too. Huh? I'm not going to admit nothing. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. Be like that. It's good training. <laughs> so, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing is the zakah. You can't see if somebody pays it. You can say, I already paid it. How would you know? So, it's really up to who to decide who the Muslim is. You? Me? No. Allah. Could somebody be an American and never read the Quran and never pray and still he could go to Jannah? Could it happen? Huh? Let's look at a hadith of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, for sure, somebody could go through the whole life acting like somebody of the nar, of the fire, of Jahannam, El. Until they were so close to it, they would be less than an arm's length away. They could just like practically put their hand right in it, go right in it. But then what's written for them overtakes them. And they act like the people of the paradise and die as that way and go to the Jannah. But somebody else could be acting like somebody from the paradise, the Jannah, the heaven. So close to it that he could almost put his hand in it. But then what's written for him overtakes him. He'll act like the people of the fire. And as a result, he will enter it. And may Allah save us from that. Some of you have witnessed what I'm talking about. Some of you have seen people in Muslim countries who used to pray and pray and fast and do so many good things, but they came to this country and they lost it. They became enthralled with the idea of these fast cars and faster women. Said, hey, this is a good deal here. They left the Salah. They left the fasting. They left everything. 
but then some other people who weren't so good with Islam. They didn't do anything. In their own city, they were considered maybe he's not even a Muslim. He's acting terrible. But they came over here and saw what's going on here, and they said, Audu Billah. And they said, I need Islam. They became better here than they were over there. And what does this do? This increases my faith. Why? Because this is what the Rasul وسلم, this is what Muhammad peace be upon him said. It's exactly what he said. It's exactly what we see. Exactly what he said is exactly what you see. There isn't anything he said that would happen except that it happens. Why? He's a prophet. He doesn't make it up. Allah gives him that. The wahi, the revelation comes to him. This is something so the people in the future can verify that he is who he said he was. Here's a proof. So alhamdulillah, I think we now know who the Muslims are. Who are they? Whoever Allah makes Muslims. We can be fooled. I want to mention now somebody from my state of Texas. The state of Texas is big and has a lot of people there. A lot of Muslims and a whole lot more non-Muslims. But one of them in particular is the President of the United States right now. George W. Bush. He used to be our governor. And I heard Muslims say a lot of bad things about him. Now, I didn't ever vote for the guy and, uh, or his father. But that's beside the point. A Muslim has to be honest, has to be fair on every subject. Otherwise, you will uh, let the shaitan, he will take you away from the straight way. It's very important to keep balance. Keep balance. Umatun wasitun. The nation of balance. And we have to be fair. We have to be just. Some Muslims said he was bad. That they hated him. He did so and so and so and so. I heard some say that he was, you know, like he could never be a Muslim. I even heard some say worse than that. He was like Dajjal. But I'm going to tell you. But I'm going to say something. And again, I'm not defending him because he's from Texas. And I'm not defending him because he's an American. I'm not. I'm defending truth. And the truth is, this man said he believes in God. Keep that in mind. He believes in God. He said that many times. He even said Islam is a peaceful religion. He said that. And he's not as bad as Pharaoh. Why? Pharaoh said he was God. Why do you think Allah hated Pharaoh so much? He claimed to be God. There's a big difference. Big difference. I don't agree with a lot of his tactics. I don't agree with a lot of things that he does. But I'm still not going to say something about him that's not true. Now, I used him as a focus point because everybody knows who I'm talking about. But it could be anybody. It could be any person. Don't say about them something that's not true. And by the way... Before I leave the subject of Bush, I would like to mention that I would like to pray Allah guide him to be a Muslim. That would solve all the world problems in a hurry. Of course, he'd have a new problem. <laughs> They'd attack him. <laughs> That's okay. I'm saying we should pray for these people. Don't forget that the Sahabi, the companions of Muhammad, they had a horrible time. And if you begin in the very, very beginning, the Prophet ﷺ, peace be upon him, when he came to Islam as full, as a prophet, full, complete, the first person to enter Islam was his own wife, Khadija. Then Abu Bakr, his friend. Then Ali, his cousin. And a few friends. But all the rest of the people are against them. Where did the Sahabi come from? From these people. Yes or no? The Sahabi, his companions came from where? They didn't fall out of a cloud, did they? They weren't angels. They used to bury their children alive. If a little girl was born, they used to bury her alive. Yes or no? But these are the people who became the best of the best. 
So what I'm saying is that we need to pray for these people. We need to show them the true Islam. And you're not going to be you're not going to be successful by taking anything into your own hands. You will not, because this is not the way Islam came. It never came that way, and it won't come that way now. Prophet Sallallahu said that Islam came strange, and it will come back strange. Give the good news to the strangers. And now this means that how Islam comes back is going to... First of all, it means Islam will leave, which it did. We've lost Islam, but now we're starting to get it back. And we have to go back and look at the same way that he spent the time. He spent so much time in very gentle and kind and humble way to present this message to these people. He did not condescend. He did not start out right away at the top saying, kill everybody. It was never like this. Never was like this one. It was to tell the people, La ilaha illallah. Even if they were throwing things at them, they said, La ilaha illallah. Did it happen at Taif? Yes or no? They threw stones on him until he was bleeding. Chased him out of the city. And when he had a chance, and it was told to him, by the angel, we can now bring the mountains down on the whole city of Taif and destroy it. Just give the word. And what did he say? He said, La. No, because it's hoped. This is dua. I hope from this city will come some good Muslims who will worship Allah. And from Taif came the one who opened all of India. Think about it. We have to rethink what we're doing. Don't let your opponent push you into a game that you can't win. Do not let your opponent push you into something you cannot win. We can win the best way by doing what? Be Muslims. Ourselves. But we don't want to do that. We're trying to look for shortcuts. There's no shortcut. You is or you ain't. That's good Texas English, by the way. You is or you ain't. You're either on it or you're not. And if you're on it, you know that the first and foremost thing always is to tell the people la ilaha illallah. And we haven't done that yet. We have not done that yet. And then after you tell them, show them. The Prophet ﷺ carried the message in Mecca for 13 years. And while he was preaching this message of Tawheed, he lived it. He demonstrated. He showed them. He's humble in front of Allah. You don't think he could do what he wants to do? You're wrong. Don't think he was weak. He was not weak. He was very strong. And he had the power in the society and he had the power in the community and the power in his tribe. Anytime he wanted to pick up his hand, if he wanted to, wallahi, you don't know. But he never did because this is not the way Islam is. He was a servant to Allah. If you're a servant to Allah, you're a servant to the people. You have to be. I'm going to close by giving myself nasiha. And mention the word Nasiha from a hadith of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said what? Huh? Adina? Adina Nasiha. Yes? What does that mean? Somebody tell me. It is like you can talk. Maybe it won't be picked up by the microphone, but don't freeze, okay? We got all of you here. Tell me what is Adina Nasiha. Somebody ask you? Tell me. Yes, brother. Beautiful. That's what I wanted you to say. It's not right, but it's very good. I'm going to tell you why. This is what all the Muslims are saying everywhere. But the things that you said in English are not in the Hadith. In the Hadith it says, Adina Nasiha, it doesn't mention anything to your brother. It doesn't say yourself. It says the Dina Nasiha, and then they said to who? And the Prophet ﷺ said to Allah. 
and to his Rasul and to the Wali Amr and to the people in general. So this is strange now. If you give the meaning advice, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to say advice because this is one of many mistakes being made in today's world where people are taking a corrupted version of Islam. It's not your fault. But this is happening all over the world. And, and I'm no expert on anything. Catch me if I'm wrong. But is, did I give you the right hadith or no? Is it right? To Allah, to His Messenger, to the Wali Amr, the leader of the people, and to the people in general. The only thing close to what you said would be the people in general. But it didn't mention himself, nor did it mention his brother. But guess what? Everybody gives the meaning that he said. Everybody gives the meaning. I'm supposed to come in on you and brother Adina Nasiha. Subhanallah, Akhi, your beard's not long enough. Uh, subhanallah, Akhi, your your dress not long. Enough. Subhanallah, Akhi, well, you don't have a miswak. Subhanallah, Akhi, you 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 prayed with your hands. At, what? And they use that hadith to go around and make us miserable. They go to the ladies and say, Adina Nasiha, I have to tell you, blah 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 blah. blah. And they go to the men, blah, blah, blah. And to everybody, I'm, I have to give good advice. Good advice. Nothing wrong with good advice. We love it. But that's not this hadith. Listen to the hadith again, and I want you to think. If the first words from the Prophet's mouth, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said to Allah, then that word is not advice. Immediately, that word is not advice. You do not tell Allah what to do. Can you imagine what kind of an idiot would go to Allah and say, you know, the neck of the zarafa, the giraffe's neck, it's too long. need to shorten that up. And the manga, you know the mango? That thing inside the stone is too big. Not enough room in there for, you know what I'm saying? What were you thinking about? Astaghfirullah. You talk to Allah, you can't advise Him nothing. Second, to his Rasul. Can you tell the Prophet something? What? How will you advise him? First of all, he's dead right now. Okay, let's notice that. Second of all, even if he was alive in his time, they didn't tell him how to do Islam, did they? They asked sometimes, very carefully. So it doesn't mean that. And it sure doesn't mean to go to the leader of the people and stick it in his face. Hey! Hey, boss! Let me tell you something. Now, you're watching too much TV, man. You've got to be serious about this. This is what happened in Pakistan. In Pakistan. Why? If I was Musharraf, I wouldn't want to listen to any of those people because they only criticize him. They always make fun of him and they always try to ruin his, what he's trying to do. So he got further and further his way. I'm not trying to defend him either. Uh, he makes some huge mistakes. But he's still a Muslim. And we should pray for him. Yes or no? You go to Saudi Arabia, you think the, the king of Saudi Arabia, we're not supposed to have a king. But still you don't get up in his face and go, hey king, what's up? It'll be the last thing you ever do in Saudi Arabia. I promise you. But what did it mean? It means something else. There, see, the problem is, first of all, that English is a very, very small language. It's manipulative. You can play with it a lot. But it really doesn't carry the depth and meaning of the words like Arabic. And in Arabic, you can take something, it becomes very wide. Like the ocean. Wide and deep. And in this case, Nasiha is having a different meaning. And you can figure it out for yourself if you consider that it does have something about advice. Advice, but what? What is, it? What is real advice to somebody? It would be sincerity, wouldn't it? What can you be to Allah that you can also be to the Rasul, that you could also be to the leader of the people, that you could also be to the people in general? Sincere. You could be sincerely committed to Allah and His book. And sincerely committed 
to the Rasul, to Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his book, which is the Quran, and his Sunnah, which is his way. And you could be seriously committed to the leader over you to do two things. Advise him in a kind and gentle way. You can do that. You're allowed to do that in Islam. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, when he tells you to do something, be sincere and do it unless it's something out of Islam. And there's where the Muslims go wrong every time. When their leader tells them to do something, they get another idea. Well, let's, you and me, and you, why are we listening to this guy? Why are we listening? He's from Upper Egypt, for crying out loud. Saidi. <laughs> but if we think about it, Allah does not like that. Our Prophet also told us that when we have a leader, we have bay'ah to him. We have a commitment to him that even if he has a head like a raisin, then you follow him. This is important. The sincere dedication, commitment to try our best and to other citizens as well. And we're not doing it. And it's real obvious. I'm going to close with a hadith of the Rasul Wasallam. Inshallah, I want to mention what he mentioned. And I want you to think about this and never forget this hadith. You can forget all about me, but don't forget the hadith. In a good hadith, he said, the Muslims will never be defeated if they have 12,000 real believers. That's got to hurt. 12,000 real believers. That's only half the city of Cairo. Not even the size of the city of Karachi. That's all we need for the Muslims to be victorious. 12,000 real believers, real dedicated believers. So now you see the problem? We got 1.5 billion Muslims out there, but how many are really Muslim? That's how we started, that's how we end. I'll make a dua that Allah will make all of us real Muslims today, every day, and especially on the day when we need to be Muslim, which is the Yawm Day of Qiyamah standing. Yawm Qiyamah. Rabbana, atina fi dunya hasan wa fil akhirati hasan wa kina adabanar. Amen. Allahumma inna zalam tu nafsi dhuman kathirin wa la yagfurzan ubi ila akt. Confirli makfurzan and indika wa hamli and akhantika purrahim. Amen. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ala Muhammad. Kam salaita ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim. In akhamidin majid. Amen. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. You've been listening to Islam Tomorrow. Visit us on the internet where we're open at islamtomorrow.com. We're open 24 hours a day. And plenty of free parking.